So is it just me, or did you secretly hear the Star Trek name Jean-Luc Picard instead of Jean-Luc Godard throughout the film? Well, now I do. I didn't think about it before. <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this, this film didn't boldly go. Well, it did boldly go, but not to like the final frontier or anything. <laughs> It was getting there. Was <laughs> to, the, to the frontier of French <laughs> New Wave. <laughs> hey, whiskey poppers, popcorn whiskers, or whatever you call yourselves. This week, we are jumping across the pond for a French film, Godard Mon Amour. But before we go full-on francophile, je m'appelle Kaylee Monaghan. Eh, je suis Tuesday morrow. Et c'est whisky et popcorn. We set the scene in Paris in the late 60s. Jean-Luc Godard is a filmmaker and pioneer. He is very well known for the 1960s new wave film movement. We begin as he's actually wrapping up his most recent film, La Chinoise, which is a salute to Maoism. Uh, his female cast lead, Anne Wazinski, is about 15 or 16 years younger than him and is his current girlfriend to be married. We watch the two as their relationship flourishes and also comes into turmoil and the revolution that is surrounding them as it slowly grows. Il était respecté dans le monde entier et unanimement considéré comme le plus doué de sa génération. La nouvelle vague, c'était lui, Jean-Luc Godard. I think we should point out that in France this film actually goes by another title, uh Redoutable and it's directed by the Academy Award-winning Michel Hazanavikus. And my apologies if I mispronounced your name, Monsieur. But um, he made The Artist. Uh, if you guys recall, that's the film he won the Academy Award for. And this film, Godard Mon Amour, is an adaptation of the real-life Anne Wyzemski's book, Un Emprès. And on that note, uh, boy, should I have taken a history lesson before I watched this film. Uh, <laughs> I had to look up a little bit more about Jean-Luc post-watching the film. He was quite the controversial film director. Uh, I also had to study a little bit about what was going on in France during those late 60s. I am fully aware of the history in the U.S. in the 60s, but there was some thorough catching up on France during that time. And... This film is it kind of felt like a biopic of him, and the film basically shows the time when he's starting to change his viewpoints on the revolution and following more of a Maoist principle, and his fan base is kind of crumbling around him as a result, as well as he's losing his marriage, and it's all kind of happening in a similar time frame. Yeah, and as I understand it, there was a lot of unrest in France, just like here in the U.S., although... With France, it was specifically pushing towards a more communist outlook on how things should be run in the country. Unfortunately, my French history at this point in time is not up to snuff. So I'm not sure what events led up to this. But if you, if you do recall, like we are post-World War II, um, Vietnam era, which 
features heavily or at least is talked about heavily in this film as well having a, a Vietnam mindset which was just really weird to like hear uh, but they were talking about you know having that communist mindset and this film was just I didn't I walked into it blind I didn't quite know what I was gonna be seeing I didn't know anything about Jean-Luc Godard or Anne just like you I had to do a little bit of research too but uh, I just this film was I found it very funny. I was it's not okay, it is funny haha. Like there were multiple times where I just kind of burst out in laughter, but it was kind of like surprised, shocked laughter, like I can't believe that just happened. There's this reoccurring gag that keeps happening in the film, and every time it happened, I kept busting up. He'd break his glasses. He would go to these rallies and like he'd fall down and he his glasses would get crushed and he would have to get new ones. And I just found that because everything in this film seems to be a metaphor and uh, very metaphysical in navel gazing because it wasn't just about Anne and Jean-Luc. It was also about French New Wave film and how do we make films? So there were so many layers to unpack here. And in and, and Jean-Luc's own like weird disintegration into what film should be. So as he kept breaking his glasses, I kept thinking, like, he is so obsessed about showing the revolution and we got to tear down the old order and rebuild the new. And yet none of the revolutionaries who are all like young kids, the youth, like him. They all detest him. They liked his old films, but they think he's a jerk. So it's like he he's blind to what's actually happening around him, to what people are really thinking and saying about him. And then he's like both physically blind because he keeps breaking his glasses I don't know it was just stuff like that really just kind of stood out to me and I was like okay I see where you're going with this it felt it was laid on a little thick a little bit too much butter on my baguette here with all these metaphoric layers but I just thought it was really something something's a good word it was uh definitely interesting uh I found it funny in the fact that Back in high school, my friends and I quote-unquote snuck our way into a very risque French film that was then back playing in the old camel view. Mm -hmm. And all of us sat in the back and giggled like little high schoolers when there was full nudity and full sexual acts and we were just cracking up in the back. So whenever I laugh, that's exactly how I felt. (laughs) Like I haven't changed with French film between high school and now, but... As far as this film, the entire thing kind of played out as like a a selfish study of Goddard on Goddard. <laughs> yep. So him basically asking himself, who is Goddard and what does Goddard want to be? And, and it's just so obnoxious. Uh, I, I don't like how he talks down to Anne and he becomes unrightly jealous at times. And she is also regularly ignored or even discredited in what she says. He's just an unpleasant man, and for all I know, that's exactly how he genuinely was, which almost makes it more disheartening. I mean, people are risking their lives for a revolution, and he's complaining about his glasses breaking, which was that funny thing throughout the film. And he discusses these philosophical conversations while other people are marching. And he might be marching as well, but he seems 
so blasé about the whole marching and it's like oh well that's just what we do we march well out of place too like you could see he's getting jostled by the crowds whenever somebody comes up to him it's like oh i love your films and he's like he just hates that he's like you know th- those films are dead to me they're like but no they were great films he's like don't talk about that you know it was just... and it's, it's ridiculous and you know when when i'm marching i have a sign and i'm yelling and they're just so passively part of the revolution when he's trying to find out who he is but on the same note he's seems to be passing everything by. Now, the two actors that are playing Anne and Jean-Luc, they're great at creating the guise of a falling relationship and a bit side of contempt also. So as far as the casting was concerned, I thought it was great. I was totally like engrossed into it to the point where I wasn't necessarily noticed that they were acting. I was more intrigued by all the I guess you could say the mechanics of the film, because there was a lot of like pieces to camera where they would actually look straight down the barrel and talk to you. Which is so trippy. It was particularly trippy in this film. Or like it would have these conversations going back to like the nudity. They had full frontal nudity for both of them as they're having a conversation about, oh, I would never do nudity in a film unless it actually called for it. If there was a real reason for it to be there. And yet they're just having this conversation about it and they're standing there. Yeah, they're they're standing there brushing their teeth, talking about never wanting to do nudity in a film. And you're like, "Uh, what? It was stuff like that that just made me made me crack up. And then that line, too, where he's like, I am not Goddard. I'm an actor playing Goddard and not even a good actor. And earlier in the film. He, like, hates on actors. It's just so meta. It's so, so meta. But one thing that I was really noticing in the film is that Anne keeps getting more and more minimalized throughout the film. She talks less. Um, She She almost physically shrinks. She does. There was that scene where they're at a party together, and you get to hear all of Godard's conversation with this young student and tries to like kind of come in and because she's feeling neglected and he's like well basically you know what are you doing here you're interrupting my conversation so she wanders off and she gets approached by a different young man and their conversation is like completely muted out and you just have this intense jazz music over them so it's like even her voice gets taken away and subsumed by goddard it's not pleasant to watch by any means and like I really wanted her to fight back but then again this was France 1960s you know all the conventions of what a woman should be what a wife should be are still there it makes it hard to watch but you know what this film was really reminding me of at least this was a funnier version but Phantom Thread okay yeah so you had like the tortured artist trying to reach the pinnacle of his craft and then his muse no, I could totally yeah. see that. It's the, it's a sad story of a miserable wife and this, quote, brilliant man's struggle, unquote. And if when I really think of the, the parallels, you're completely right. It's, it's Phantom Thread. But I, I would still much rather watch this film over Phantom Thread again. Like, Phantom Thread was really brutal to get through and just downright bizarre for me. Yeah, it was great to watch once. <laughs> but Godard, at least I like. At least I laughed, even if I was just going, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm watching this." But I was still laughing. Now, my one huge criticism of the film is that you don't actually watch the shutting down of the Cannes Film Festival, and that was a huge thing in history during that revolution, and that would have been a real silver lining for me. For the most part, French films have always just kind of been tolerable for me at best. And 
you know, they mark this as a comedy, and maybe I don't understand French humor beyond what I discussed prior, but the only silver lining really maybe is is that there's full frontal nudity for me. So, <laughs> and even that is so, oh, so typically French. So I, I put this in a, you know, if a date will pay for your ticket, you should go see it. <laughs> I would have to say, if this is going to be your first French film, you might want to pick a different French film. This is definitely very cerebral, relies on you having some background knowledge of history, French history, because uh, it was hard for me to keep up because I didn't have all that. So I, I didn't exactly know how it was all playing in together. You would appreciate it more if you had that background knowledge. And also just if you're not used to European films and if you're not used to French films in particular, like this is just a hard one to chew on. But that being said, I do think this was a very well done film. For what it is, for the genre that it is, I think the artist was better if I were to rank the two films here that Michelle did. But make your own decision, I think, is the best way to uh, sum this one up. I agree. It's a, it's a great niche market if you really like French history and French films. So if that is your lot in life and that is what you love, then you will love this film. <laughs> So we're going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, Merci, as always, for listening to us. We'll be back with more reviews soon. Until then, au revoir.